The topics and opinions expressed on the following show are solely those of the hosts and their guests and not those of W4WN Radio, its employees, or affiliates. We make no recommendations or endorsements for radio show programs, services, or products mentioned on air or on our web. No liability, explicit or implied, shall be extended to W4WN Radio, its employees, or affiliates. Any questions or comments should be directed to those show hosts. Thank you for choosing W4WN Radio. Radio Tony with Tony Lontis, author of Resilience, memoir of a broken little girl discovering a woman of strength and beauty. Available now on Amazon.com and in all good bookstores. Radio Tony. Your safe space for tough conversations, exposing secrets and talking about trauma and recovery. Radio Tony. Building Resilience. Talking Trauma. Radio Tony. Live from the Gold Coast, Australia. Radio Tony. Difficult conversations and bringing hope to listeners. Live from the Gold Coast, Australia on W4WN. Good morning, Australia, and good evening, America. How are you all doing in these unprecedented times? Uh, today, you're listening to your host, Tony Lontis, on Radio Tony, and Radio Tony is a platform for the unheard. So I encourage you to get in contact today and let me know how you're doing, because I'm going to listen. For those of you listening to the live Facebook stream, after it's finished, please head on over to the Women for Women's Network, W4, the number 4, WN, W4WN.com. Click on the Listen Live button in the top right-hand corner and you can hear me live. Listen while you're homeschooling the kids. Give the kids something to listen to or when you're working or just plain old scanning social media. And if you've missed a show, don't forget to pop on to RadioTony.com. The podcast of the live show is always available across all podcast mediums, in particular iHeartRadio and iTunes. Uh, on the Radio Tony website, you'll have links to all the guests, their uh, websites, the show notes, and all the freebies they offer. So I've been so busy in isolation, I'm not sure how I managed the real world when I wasn't in isolation. There's so much content online, it's a little overwhelming. So I don't want to hear any stories today about boredom because it's just not possible. On today's show, we have the lovely Sandra Meehan and followed up closely by show sponsor Tracy Horton um, with some wonderful stories today. And I thought that I'd start the show by some good news stories. And according to the website, The New Daily, Australia, even in the midst of a global pandemic, Aussies can be relied on to find the funny. From creating our colloquialisms surrounding the crisis to inventing hashtag isolation games and sharing feel-good yarns, average Aussies are staying true to their she'll-be-right-mate attitude and finding a little bit of light in the dark. Can you speak Australian? Nothing says Aussie more than the penchant for shortening words and transforming correct English words into our slang versions. Whether it's grabbing your sunnies, putting smashed abo on your toast, 
sucking on a ciggy, you're throwing down a tinny, articulating full sentences is really just too much for many Aussies. The coronavirus is sparking a linguistic substrate too, and the classic ones doing the rounds right now include Sani, hand sanitizer, in ISO, self-isolation or lockdown, the Rona, coronavirus, and Magpie, a supermarket hoarder based on the swooping bird's keen interest in grabbing and hoarding shiny things. So for those listening in America, the magpie is one of Australia's beautiful birds. Uh, They sing, they're big characters, and they're always grabbing things and hoarding them in their nests. So the magpie, our beautiful black and white bird from Australia, hence the magpie in relation to supermarket hoarders. Uh, To use them all in a sentence, it might go something like this. Me boss tested posy for the Rona, so now I'm in ISO. Pop down to Woolies for some sunny, but it's been bloody magpied. And there's a whole other story in the lyrics of songs that have been appropriated too. Thinking of my, 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 my Corona, you know, my Sharona. So uh, COVID-19 uh, sung to the tune of Come On Eileen, and it was COVID-19, Red Gums, I Was Only 19 song. Aussie mum from Sydney, Irene Strong, decided being cheeky was a good way to lift the spirits of her family and friends whilst in isolation. Grabbing a bunch of random uh, household items, including a hula hoop, sunnies, a few balloons and an old tradies mask, she created a fun costume to keep herself in the clear of the Rona while out on a trip to the shops for some groceries. Her Facebook was captioned, just ducking out to the shops for a few more supplies. Practicing social distancing, hula hoop for my personal space. Anyone gets too close and I'll pop a balloon. Trust us Australians to find the funny in what is a very serious situation. Irene says that she did it as a funny surprise for her kids because, as a lot of you know, in Australia, many of us are homeschooling our children. And her family thought it was a great joke, she told New Daily. You have to laugh, otherwise you'll cry. It's very sad and scary at the moment. Over to isolation games and keeping yourself preoccupied through inventive indoor sports and challenges and then posting all about it on social media under the hashtag isolation games is the new black. We're not talking about Scrabble, Boggle, Monopolies or anything like that. This is next level creativities from the Aussies. A perfect example coming from Aussie comedians Hamish and Andy. The pair posted perhaps the most bizarre challenge over the weekend featuring Ben the Bed Whisperer a bloke who reckons he can lay a bed sheet perfectly in one go. Impossible? Absolutely. But funny as hell anyway. There's Alex who played noughts and crosses with his cat and the cat wins and attacks. Or Belinda who created a rather heartwarming video of hanging out in the backyard with her BFF Stuart, a teddy bear. Aussies are getting creative in larks like toilet paper challenge, hashtag toilet paper challenge, where loo rolls are given a new purpose, such as footy, obstacle courses for housebound dogs, or even playing the cello. Support groups are popping up all over social media, and one in particular that I've been following is called The Kindness Pandemic, a Facebook group that has approximately uh, 460,000 people at current 
uh, at the current moment, and it's a great site full of lots of fun and laughter. So instead of scaremongering and serving up fuel, fear-fueled rants about people who continue to invade personal space, the public group is devoted to sharing some beautiful stories. Aussie aren't Aussies aren't very good at promoting themselves. We have a syndrome called the tall poppy syndrome, which makes sure that we stay humble and anyone who does anything great, they get taken their legs out underneath them. The tall poppy syndrome is still alive and well, but we're very good at sharing stories of good deeds, especially when it comes to yarns of battlers being helped by strangers and people going out of their way to shop for others, give anonymous gifts gifts of toilet paper and lots of R's and virtual hugs. There are kids, there are videos of kids writing inspirational words on chalk, in chalk on the footpath to uplift those walking along the footpath. Personal stories of customers in grocery stores paying for other people's supplies if they run short of cash. Accounts of warning neighbours bearing the hatchet over petty squabbles and sharing food and comforts. Comfort all from the safe distance, of course. So in one of America's biggest uh, happy stories today, CBS reporter Steve Hartman is usually spending his work week travelling the country so he can shine a spotlight on some of America's most compassionate citizens and everyday heroes. Since the virus outbreaks, Hartman has been confined to working from home. However, the newsman and father of four is continuing his quest for kindness by live streaming a week-long course on kindness. So for those in America, tune in to Hartman. He's on the CBS Live Facebook stream on Thursdays at 2 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And I'm going to pop the link up in the chat box right now. So, lovely listeners, before we jump on our first break, um, I'd like to know how you're doing and if you're all doing okay. But over to you, uh, Rebel. We're going to have our four first short break and when we come back we'll be talking to sandra about being powerfully you over to you rebel keeping the conversation going on the suppressed social and moral issues this is radio tony on W4WN. Join Tony Lontis, author of Resilience, memoir of a broken little girl discovering a woman of strength and beauty. Radio Tony uncovers and exposes the social and moral issues of our time, bringing social consciousness to the airwaves. You're not alone with your secrets. Let's talk trauma and resilience. Radio Tony with Tony Lontis, Thursday evenings from 7pm Eastern Standard Time on W. Keep the conversation going. Direct assistance. Call Radio Tony. Hello. 561 623 9421 on W4 WN Radio Guest Skype. And welcome back, everyone. You're listening to Tony Lontis Live on Radio Tony. And we are joined by our first guest today an amazing woman called Sandra Meehan. She's an educator, mentor, 
TV host and producer and master alchemist. Sandra has a corporate background in IT training and occupational health and safety. But after being retrenched and going through a divorce, Sandra decided she needed a change of direction and she combined her corporate background and spiritual mastery to bring together spiritual and physicality together as one. Sandra is passionate about helping women stand in the truth of who they are and shine their light out into the world. Sandra is a very gifted healer. However, these days she spends more of her time speaking and educating women through her Powerful You Academy. While her very gifted daughter, Rebecca, runs the product side of the business, Sandra's wish is is for all women to become their powerful selves through their own power to live a life of passion, desire and purpose as they craft a life they truly desire. Most of all, Sandra loves the great conversations, enjoys a glass or two of wine, is a mother of two children and one very spoilt fur baby called Pepper. So before I introduce Sharon, uh, Sandra rather, um, Wensi wants to know, sounds like a fun thing to do and Jaden wants to know who is on the show today. Well, Jaden, we're introducing our first guest, Sandra. Good morning, Sandra. Good morning, Tony. Can you hear me? I can hear you beautifully and perfectly well. How are you doing today? I am awesome. I'm very excited to be here and thank and I'm exci- so excited to um to chat with your viewers and to chat with you and um yes, first time I've ever really taken the time to sit and hear my bio. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> See, bios are good when they're read live on radio. They sound really fantastic. And yours is completely fantastic, Sandra. Oh, thank you, Tony. So, um, yeah, I'm just, um, before we start, I'd just like to send out some love to everyone that's doing it tough at the moment, um, and we're all in this together. We are indeed all in this together, whether we like it or not. Um, Sandra, I thought today that we'd start by telling, getting you to tell the listeners a little bit more about you and how you got to this place in time. Oh, how long have we got? (laughs) (laughs) We've got plenty of time this morning because we've got a bit I want to tell them about you. So um, let's just start somewhere. Uh, Let's start around about that divorce time because I know lots of our listeners have been through divorce or um, are going through divorce and perhaps some of your reflections on that time in your life might help them um, at this time. Yeah, well, Tony. Um, first of all, I'd just like to say what got me to to the to that divorce position was that um, when I was forty nine, I woke up one morning and I looked in the mirror and um, I just asked myself the question, "Who the hell is Sandra?" And I, I really couldn't answer it, and I could feel the tears um, rolling down my cheeks until they got more and more and more, and I was sobbing. And that it was in that one moment that I realised that I had become everything for everybody else and didn't know who the hell I was and I was in a very unhappy um, marriage you could say the light bulb came on and um, really in a corporate job that was that paid me really really good but I wasn't happy so that was the pit of that was the, the moment of clarity for me that I had to change my life and going through the divorce and finding who I was 
it was a journey. It was a 10-year journey. Yeah. And, you know, there was many ups and downs and I played around in the woohoo, what we like to call the woohoo um, area for a little while. I was starting to dabble in that and it was quite funny because um, people now who know me in my corporate days go, you're doing what? And friend, people that know me now say you worked in corporate. So it's quite quite interesting how we change and how we morph. But uh, I guess it's a journey of finding me. And you know, at, at 49, I really looked at and thought, how do I want to see the rest of my life? And when as I journeyed down that journey of finding who I was, I started to uncover where a lot of my uh, my life of lack of self-love, self-worth, um, allowing people to take my power and then taking other people's power, where it all began and I could start to peel the layers off. And as I peeled those layers off of me and uncovered more aspects of who I truly was, uh, I started to then work more into um, helping women to empower themselves. And then I got lost in that as well because I became what everybody else wanted me to become or I believed um, I needed to be working in this industry until one day my girlfriend just said to me, Sandra, just be you. And from that moment, and I started to go even further down the rabbit hole of finding who I truly was, um, now has allowed me to birth an international program and all sorts of things. We are powerful women that when we stand in the truth of who we are, we can be anything, and especially in this time that we're in now. I was just going to say I've got some um, some wonderful questions coming in from our listeners. Harry wants to know, when we reach that state in our lives, how can we change things? Great question, Harry. How did that work for you, Sandra? It was taking responsibility, Tony, um, and, and, and knowing that no matter what has happened in my life or that has happened to me, um, it is my responsibility to heal it. It's my responsibility to let go of it. Uh, I played a role in it. I know as children there's, there's things that, 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 that happen that we don't play a role in, but we are responsible as adults to actually heal whatever it is we're hanging on to. That's correct. So it starts with that inner reflection and the recognising that something needs to change and that yes. there's something better for you out there. And it's more about going in than going out. Like I had a very materialistic life. I, I had a well-paying job my ex-husband worked in mining, so we were financially um, very secure. We had the best house. We drove nice cars. We had a boat. We went on holidays. We had it all, but I wasn't happy. Yeah. And uh, so it didn't matter what I had on the outside. It was what was happening on the inside. And my conversations with women, more so with women than with men, um, yeah. they weren't empowered so I would always either try and dominate the conversation or I would shrink away from it. So I, And for me, on that journey, I found it was all around the feminine energy. Yeah, yeah. Um, Sandra, La wants to know, at what point in our life do we need to take this journey? Another great question. What are your thoughts, Sandra? I'm going to say this. We don't need to do anything. People use the word need and should. 
Um, yes. when, you, when you come from a holistic perspective or you come from a spiritual perspective, we make a choice. We've got freedom. So it's a, it's a choice when we choose to do it. There's no, nothing's too late and nothing's too early. I mean, I have clients that come and see me that are, that, um, are in their 70s and they make that choice to, to, to um, peel off the layers of themselves. And I think it's marvellous when somebody decides to make that choice that is the right time for them. There's no, no, that, no, no right or wrong time. That's exactly right. That journey begins when you make the decision to start looking at yourself and your life. And um, I would suggest that current times and the current state of the world is actually forcing people into isolation and forcing people to have some time at home. And perhaps this is the time for lots of people to start on their own personal journeys, wouldn't you think, Sandra? Oh, Tony, absolutely right. I was only talking, um, I do lots of live videos on my Facebook page and it's now a time of coming within and we are being forced, uh, we have been forced, I like to say by the universe, the universe is forcing us to shut all the outside noise down so we can come within and my belief, and it's only my belief, is that I believe at this great time we are on a timeline where we can either go down the Armageddon timeline or we can go down the Unity timeline. And it's up to the individual on how they choose to do it. They can stay in the gloom and um, doom of fear of Armageddon and lack, or we can step up and start to work our way towards Unity and we rather than I and move into that fifth dimensional energy yeah. of bliss. Yes, in answer to Leslie's question, when should we wake up and realise we need to live our lives for ourselves? Leslie, um, I know that Sandra's in agree agreement with me that that time is right now. Take this opportunity and rather than focusing on all the bad out there, start focusing on what's good and start focusing on you. It is the best time for us to do that work. Uh, Jean wants to know, not easy to just let go of things. How do you say we should do the letting go? Great question, Jean. And I know Sandra's got a wonderful answer for that. And that's, um, I think that's, it's easy for, 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 for me to, 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 say, to say to people, just let go of it. But we, it starts with forgiveness, so the first process in in the the letting go of it is truly doing the forgiveness around it, and a lot of people um, believe or they have the understanding that forgiveness is always about the other person. It's not. Forgiveness is about you. When you truly forgive, you unshackle yourself from the past. So. Um, and to get to that, we, that's where we step into our own self-love. We step into our unconditional love and we start to see, um, I'm going to say whether they're male or female, we look through yeah. the, 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 the physical presence that's on the planet and we see the soul and we see the soul with unconditional love and we look through that. And I know you and I have talked about mother stuff we did the other day and yes. me to, to get through my mother issues, I looked past the label of my mother and I looked and thought, what has made her like this? What has happened in her life? And um, forgiveness doesn't forgive the act, but it frees you 
of the burden of passing it on to somebody else. Agreed. Um, Mari wants to know, how do you know the past has been released? When it stops triggering you. Yeah, that's a great answer. So when you say trigger, what does trigger look like for you and what might it look like for other people? Trigger for me is when I am when I go into reactive mode. So if I'm if somebody has um, personally said something about me and I go into reactive mode, so I get reactive and all this comes up. Defensive. Defensive. Yes, that's it. So yep. I'm defensive. I'm angry. Um, then I don't think I'm good enough, or I won't do something because somebody has said that. Um, you can't do that or, you know, like when you're especially for me putting myself out so publicly that if I'm yes. on a live and someone makes a comment, if I'm triggered by it, it's just like for me, I go, yes, <laughs> I've got a bit more to clear. They've just brought something else up to the surface that I see it as amazing opportunity to heal and fix me to be the best version that I can possibly be on that day. And it's hard stuff to do, isn't it, Sandra? Because um, I love my radio show. I love the people that I interview and talk to, and I love the listeners. And for me, that's a this is something that I'm passionate about. But recently, it was suggested to me by someone close to me that I was never going to be a big name person. And in that moment, I felt really hurt. And then I sort of stuck took a step back and thought, but I'm not aiming to be Oprah. I'm not aiming to be Ellen. I'm aiming to be Tony and Radio Tony is my platform and it's my unique way to connect with the world and that's okay. So that's one of those those things when you get a trigger and you're able to flip it from feeling sad, bad, angry and flip it to a more positive reaction that takes you from feeling bad to feeling good isn't that how you feel Sandra yeah and it is Tony and I guess and what just came to me while you were talking there is that a lot of our triggers were triggered from childhood yes so it's it depends on what what's happened in our childhood as as children we're just little we're just adults in a little body or we could say as adults we're children in a little body because we still hurt little children and when in in larger bodies I mean but we're hurt hurt little children and when we can connect with that inner child and heal that inner child because as children we take everything on that other people say as gospel As adults, we know that it's we we have the logic to think, well, it's not true, but we are triggered by all those feelings of that hurt, vulnerable little child. Yeah, yeah. I've got a great question from Prism. What if we don't realise we are triggered? How can we look for our reactions and know what to do about them? Over to you, Sandra. Okay. Well, this is a great great question. question. Great. I'm loving these questions, Tony. Now, a lot of people, I've had this with with clients that I work with on on a one-on-one and they say to me, but I don't know what my triggers are. I say, well, have a look at the patterns in your life. So if you've got a pattern of um, relationships that have gone bad, 
have a look at the pattern, have a look at the, 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 the women or the men. What have they done to you? Is it something that you've got to step into your power? Is it something of self-love or self-worth? Have you lost jobs? All these things that go on and see where the, what the pattern is. And that's something, that's a lesson or a trigger for you to learn. And Prism, a trigger is um, something that makes you feel an overwhelming feeling of fear, sadness, mostly anger. Would you say, Sandra, mine is mostly, my triggers, I know when I am angry about something or with someone that something's being triggered. So I now know to take a step back and, and take a deep breath before I respond or do anything and go, okay, what that person just said was really hurtful. What is it? And it's making me sad and angry. What is it about what they've said that is causing me to react in that way? And I know that I've dealt with that if I hear something similar again and I react in a different way. Again, it's about being mindful and conscious of what's happening in and around you and within yourself. Again, unprecedented times in the world when we have the opportunity to just do some of this work. Um, Justice wants to know, uh, how do we stop being that hurt child? Well, like I, uh, I, I said earlier, it's it's just taking drawing that stick in the in the sand and saying I don't want to be like this anymore. I want yeah. to go and find somebody that can help me. It's um, enough is enough, and that I, I'm I'm an adult and what can I do? And our childhood childhood stuff can be really really deep and hurtful. And um, why we don't go there is because we're ashamed of some of the things that have happened to us in in in, in our childhood. Uh, and we've got we've we've got many secrets. We've some, like most of us have got secrets, things that have happened. We've got in our skeleton cupboard or whatever that we we just don't, don't wish to share. And um, it's not that you actually have to talk about it. It's finding a good practitioner that can actually just help you move through it without even discussing it. Sometimes you don't have to discuss it. It's just a matter of identifying and letting it go when you work with some really good healers. Andre wants to know, what if it's not other people? How would we know if if it is us? And, Andre, it always starts with you. Yes, and it does. It always starts with us. So um, we... I looked at it, and I'm, 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 I hope I can explain this to, to Andre um, yeah, fairly simply. When I worked in corporate, I was told that um, I was abrupt, I was rude, and I'm like, but that's just me, right? I didn't, I didn't see it until after I left the corporate world and I started to work with a different lot of people and go down this path, and it kept coming up and coming up, and I'm like... Maybe I am. So I looked at it and that's when I found out why am I like that, it was because of things that had happened to me, but I was so used to just being that and wearing that mask that I didn't know any different, that that it was actually me and that people were reacting. So it's a two-way street. I was reacting to them and they were then reacting back to me. And mirroring back to me things. 
And at the end of the day, you cannot change other people. You can only change yourself, which leads me to Missy's question. Um, are you saying we have to go back and do a history of situations and timeline it out to notice what happens and how we react? Missy, if everyone was a, as proactive as you, we would have such a much such a better world if you have the emotional intelligence to sit down and have a look at situations where you react in a way that is negative versus positive and start doing that work what an amazing uh, person you are going to be at the end of that wouldn't you say Sandra that's a lovely oh. way of looking at it isn't it it is, and it's 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 a lot of work to, to to do that. But when we when we do do that, we are very mindful. We are very much in um, within our power and being truthful with ourselves. And I like to to if when we when we're really truthful and honest with ourselves and can look at that, we're really connected to the soul. And that is a step to unconditional love because people don't realize there's only two things. There's only fear, which is where all our um, emotions and all our um, hate and all that sits in and then there's love there's only two th there's only two two vibrations and when we can see everything through the eyes of love uh, that's the amazing um, place to be and what missy has just said starts you on that process to true unconditional love for everybody it's a great point missy thank you mari wants to know how do we get help sandra this is <laughs> for you. Well, I have a um, I've I've got many programs, and I've got an eight keys to unlocking the powerful you, and I'm just about to release what I I'm calling um, rock your visibility, which is more about letting go of your mother vibration, and the reason yeah. uh, I've um, pushed or I've done this particular program is because. I've spoken to thousands of women. I've helped a lot of women and it always comes back to their mother stuff. It always comes back to the divine feminine. And once they can heal that, they they never go deep enough into their mother issues. So this Rocking Your Visibility program that we're, we're, we're putting together is about rocking your visibility as who you are on the planet. So it's, it's not about doing lives. It's not about doing radio interviews or anything like that. Being visibly you and comfortable with being you and letting go of the, the, the mother stuff and the, the divine feminine to truly step into the woman or the male because it is for men too, um, even though I predominantly work with women, but a lot of our issues sit around that divine feminine and that's the first step. And I've just put um, Sandra's website up, which is called thepowerfullyyou.com, T-H-E-P-O-W-E-R-F-U-L-L-Y-O-U.com. And um, you'll be able to jump on that website and see all of Sandra's programs and you can join those programs and work with her from anywhere over the world. Um there's another question here from Anne. What if we don't remember things the way it happened, but we remember a memory of an event? Oh, great question. Because you don't, you don't have to. The way that I work, the way that we work, we I've brought my corporate background in because I've also got a, a background in training and assessment. So yeah. I've brought a lot of questions and, and mindfulness into that. 
to to so you can just write out things that in a in a um, logical way so physical way we want to see it and then we heal it through meditation and guided meditation so once you are aware and you're you're willing to just let go through the through the vibrations that both my daughter and i use through 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 meditation you just allow it to go you don't have to relive the event um you just identify that it's there and as we because work on you you just because a memory will have a feeling and it's yes. the feeling that you want to change. It's the feeling that will trigger you and that's the thing that you can change within your mind and your subconscious, usually through some sub subconscious practice like meditation, uh, NLP, uh, hypnotism. There's a whole range of tools that work on that subconscious brain which means that you don't have to remember what happened you just need to know that there's some memory there and it triggers in you an angry response or it triggers in you a deep sadness and those are the things that you can change through doing programs like the ones that Sandra offers to her clients so um the yeah, Sorry, before, before the other thing with that, I'm, I'm going to share an example of what happened, how I was didn't realize that um, I didn't remember the actual event, but I re it was a feeling that I had. If there's anybody that's yelling or screaming, um, I would automatically fear it, like if there was anger around, I could fear the fear arise in me and thinking, why is even if it's not if it was somebody else or out in the street or whatever, I could feel it. It was when I did some hypnosis work with somebody, it was to do with something that happened to me as a child with, with um, that I hadn't remembered. I'd locked away. But the fear was really, really um, real and I had to go deep to let that go. So it's that's how we know if we have a feeling and we can't explain it. Yeah, there's no logic around the feeling that you feel. Um, what's another example, Sandra? Um, I, road rage comes to mind. Oh, um, yes. <laughs> and, that's because we're, and that's because we are living in a world that is controlled by fear. Fear yeah. is a learnt behaviour. We are living in a world that is full of anger. Um, everybody's angry. Um, they're we're controlled, we don't have enough money, we don't have enough um, food. There's a whole host of things that, that sit, sit around it. And I'm going to use road rage. It could be any rage that somebody can be normal. I mean, most of us are normal. Well, there's all types of normal. But every day, you know, we're not angry people or we don't show it and we just push everything down that happens to us. We don't speak up. We don't say what's what's really bothering us. We push it down, we push it down, and we push it down. And all of a sudden, something happens, and it's just like, and it's something simple, and you snap. And in that moment, that rage of everything comes out. Yeah, that's right. And if you can get to the bottom of why that's happening or associate it with a feeling, you can fix it. It's yes. fixable. People are fixable. We're all, 
But we don't, we're not broken and we're not fixable. We've all got um, bits and pieces that, that um, and we're not perfect. So everything that's happened to us has happened for a reason to to make us, for us to learn. We've, we've signed up for all these um, things that happen in our lives, but they keep presenting themselves more often because we haven't learnt that particular lesson. And when you learn it and you go, oh, it could be the way somebody treats you and you learn to react differently and stand in your power, you'll find that nobody treats you that way. We must change how we want people to treat us, not them. We tell them and tell them and tell them and and we either accept how they treat us or we don't accept how they treat us. Yeah, yeah, which leads me to the next important part of our interview this morning and that is forgiveness. Where would you like to start, Sandra? Forgiveness. (laughs) There's many steps to forgiveness, but like I said, forgiveness starts with, with, with us. And if we cannot truly forgive ourselves, and this is where a lot of people get stuck, they, they can't truly forgive themselves for whatever they've done or what somebody else has done to them because they blame themselves because they haven't trusted themselves or it, 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 it just starts with, with, with self, um, and it's very deep and it's about going back through that timeline and truly forgiving that, that, that person. You don't have to have that person back in your life, uh, but it's about just setting them free and setting you free. What They don't have to say sorry to you, but we expect because we've been um, conditioned that people must say sorry to us. That's something that we're wanting. They don't have to say sorry to us. They indeed might not be capable of saying sorry either. Yeah, and aware of that they've done something to you. You know, like when we look at everyday life, people can say things to us when we're children and that, and they've moved on with their life, but we're still hanging on to that, thinking that we need an apology from them. Yeah, and that doesn't always happen. And in a lot of cases... You're not going to get that uh, I'm sorry that you're seeking and you need to recognise that that's not going to hold you back from forgiveness, yeah? Yes, that's correct. That is that is so, so correct. And forgiveness is the fundamental first step after taking responsibility to healing and changing your life. And the forgiveness is also about forgiving yourself. So recognising that something um, something you did um, was not great and it's about forgiving yourself too, isn't it, Sandra? And it's, it, it is about forgiving yourself and we're all not perfect. I've done things that I'm not... Um I'm not proud of, but at the time we don't make um, we most people do not do it out of malice um, and and things like that. It's just like things that happened in my marriage. I wish I could have changed, but 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 I can't. You know, some things bringing out my children, uh, but it is about forgiving yourself and going, yeah, I, I, that's happened. I did that. I can't change it, but I can't hang on to it either. It's also that concept, too, of not living and dwelling in the past. So recognising that, that we all have a past, but not 
focusing on that past. So that's where self-forgiveness becomes a really powerful tool in moving us to be our best selves. Do you think, Sandra? And, and it is because when we, when we dwell on the past, we have depression. Yeah. Yep. And that's where depression comes in because we're living in the past. When we're living in the future, the what if, that's where anxiety comes in. But when we're in the present, we're living in, in the present, um, that's where we, we've, we've got the forgiveness awareness and we're not worried about what's going to happen in the, in the future. Yeah. Got another great question from Nancy. How can we move on from what we think we need from others? Because everything you need is within you. Yeah. Everything, we, we, when we are asking somebody else to love us or exploiting um, and we don't have enough love inside of us because we're looking for love outside. So that's, we don't need somebody else to love us. We need to love ourselves first because if we don't love ourselves unconditionally, we cannot love another human being unconditionally and, more importantly, we will not allow them to love us unconditionally because we will find our flaws. Yeah, yeah. Um, that, um, that's an example. Yeah, yeah. I was just thinking um, of uh, mother... <laughs> Oh, mother issues again. And for some of us who, um, like in my experience, it takes a long time for you to discover that someone prominent in your life is never going to be capable of giving you that unconditional love, for instance, that you desire, that acceptance you desire and it's the recognition that those things can come from within you you don't need them from someone else and trying to get them from someone else is destructive don't you think sandra oh the mother issue oh yes. my god i could talk on this all day yes <laughs> for me i had three mothers under the age of three i was adopted and then i went to live in another house with somebody for 12 months and then i went to my forever home so i have a lot of mother issues and yeah. um, it took a long time to feel for me when i realized that i was adopted to um to actually love myself because I was always in that that vibration of if my own mother couldn't love me how could anybody else yeah. love me and it wasn't until I went through my journey and I've got to well I'm 60 now so yeah. and as we go through and we start to realize and we start to peel all that and I'm going to say I'm not going to say peel the onion layers off <laughs> I say we open up the lotus flower yes. right because we're all born out of darkness. We all come from a womb. We are, we're all born out of darkness. So there's no light. I don't know. I don't have a light switch inside of me. So, um, you know, we all, we all come out of the darkness like the lotus flower. And we come up, up, up out of the mud until the lotus flower reaches um, the top of the water and it, and it reaches out to the light. So this is what our journey is. So that's where we clear and we open up each flower. And as we open up each flower, it puts each petal, sorry, it puts us in a, a, um, a higher vibration. 
And as we continue to open up and become that lotus flower, we get to the point where we don't we don't look outside ourselves. And our mothers are because we look at them for fundamental love, but it's been first going point, on. isn't it? It's our first point, and it's been going on lifetimes after lifetimes. So it'll be her mother and the next mother, grandmother, and it'll go go down. But now is the lifetime for all of us, whether we're men, whether we're women, to actually break that, change it by by letting go of our mother issues and working through that so we don't pass them on to the next generation. Yeah, yeah. And it's hard work to do. I know Sandra will agree with me that uh, working on issues that you may or may not have with that maternal figure or figures in your life because it's not always around the mother it'll be the strongest female uh person uh in your life the one that you uh needed nurturing and love from and if you didn't get that in your childhood that will carry through to your adulthood and that's the forgiveness and letting go the letting go of I never was nurtured, but you can nurture yourself. I was never loved, but you can love yourself. And it and it's hard work though, isn't it, Sandra? Oh, it is. And what we don't realize is that how this from that from that very young age and this nurture we believe we didn't get from our mothers, um, that how it affects the rest of our lives, how it impacts our relationships, how it impacts our jobs, um, how it impacts bringing up our own children. There's, it's massive and we can say we're not like our mothers and, and many people aren't like their mothers because they've gone the opposite way. So it's about finding that balance but we're still passing that on to our children. Yeah, we yeah. can become overprotective, we can become over-controlling or we can not be controlling and just let them do whatever they like because we had controlling mothers. Yes, yes. It's interesting how you uh, how that 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 plays out. The um, if you have lived with a controlling mum and then you go the opposite way in your adulthood and don't do enough uh, controlling of situations, because at the end of the day, there's only one person who controls things in your life. And that's you. That's right. And you control that from the inside. And for our for, for the wonderful our wonderful male audience that's out there, they will find that they, if they with their mother issues, that they will then have issues with the divine feminine, with with in relationships, especially with, with um women in intimate relationships. Yeah, yeah. And your programs work with both men and women to change some of these issues that they might be experiencing in their lives, yeah? They, they do. I work, like I said, I mainly, um, I mainly work with women, but I believe that everybody has it. Uh, I want to, I like, I'd love to see men because we have to pick a target market when you're in business, you know, yes. who, you're, who you're going to focus on. Um, but I've worked with many men and to be quite honest, I designed my work in the, um, five, six years ago, all around to help men. But I ended up predominantly helping women. And the reason I, I said it around helping men is because men don't want to talk. Yes. So they just like to get it done. And that suited me because I'm just like, well, they don't want to talk. I don't want to get into the nitty gritty. This is yeah. going to be perfect. But the universe had other ideas and, and sent me women 
and women and more women. And I'm like, okay, I get this. It's my stuff around the divine feminine. Open up to the divine feminine. Have empowered conversations. Help the women. So it was my own issues. And, um, yeah, so it's, 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 it's quite funny. I help men and women. I don't just say, no, sorry, you're a male. That is not unity. That is not my belief system. Yeah. Um, it's not who I am. So Jeff wants to know, how can you change the present from letting go of the past? How do you, So, yes, how do you change your present? How does letting go of the past impact your present? Great okay. question, Jeff. Yeah, great question. So if you're angry now, so if you've got lots of anger or you've got um, condition, you've got lack of self-worth or you're controlling or you give your power away by forgiving and going backwards to let go of the past and everything that's happened to you, it will imp and changing. And I'm going to say to do it, it's easy to say let go, but we must take action every day so if we can let go but if we're it's like i'll use the analogy you get a plumber plumber comes in and they unclog your drains uh, if you keep putting shit and I'm, i hope i can say that tony yes we're in <laughs> you, an adult time we're in an adult time zone <laughs> if you keep putting shit back in those pipes they're going to block back up but if you change and don't put things back in those pipes a plumber won't have to come back so healing ourselves, if we take action and we don't go back into old habits, we continue on and our present changes where we have impactful conversations, we can have wonderful relationships because we're changing, we're staying positive, we're, we're not allowing things to affect us. Yeah. And James, um, who is a particularly special friend of uh, Radio Tony, James wants to know, how can we help someone through their situations or should we just be there to listen and let them handle their feelings? Lovely question, James. Beautiful question there, James. And I used to be uh, someone that wanted to help. You know, why? let's just get this done. Let's get that done. Um, you know, I'll do this for you. I'll help you. But what it came down to, I ended up very disappointed because I would offer to help, but nothing in nothing would change for them. So, and when I decide, when I realised and I learnt that I actually can't help them, I can only hold the space for them. So, we can, if somebody asks me about, they want some advice, whether they're a client, they're a friend, or whatever, and I just go, "What are you going to do about it?" How can you change this? What do you think you could do to change your situation? So I always put it back to them, especially outside of my business, because when clients come to me, we're working together. But outside, if um, somebody was to ask me, I'd say, that's great. What do you think you could do right now to help change your situation? Yeah. And that empowers them. But when we try and rush in and help them, we're actually disempowering them and we're taking away, we're taking on the responsibility. Yeah, yeah. And just sometimes just listening is enough for people to um, unburden their mind and allow them to start working on themselves. Just hold the space for them to vent, whether they're angry and just hold the space. I do it quite often now and again for my brother. He'll ring me and he vents and I go, you're feeling better? And he goes, yep, I don't take any of that on because he's not having a go at me personally. I just allow him to vent and then he goes, I feel better now. 
I'll talk to you later. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that that's exactly right. Um, just so our listeners know, we're, we're um, into the last few moments of the interview and I don't want you to miss the opportunity of downloading uh, Sandra's free book called The 12 Secrets of Forgiveness. Sandra, what do you want to tell our listeners about your free ebook today? Oh, the free ebook is it goes it's it's a very detailed ebook. I think it's about 35 pages, so it's a um it's a book that everybody, I feel everybody will get something out of it. And at the end, at the back of it, it's got the 12 different steps and how you can keep going over and over because there's many layers of forgiveness. Um, and we sometimes have to keep going back and doing the forgiveness because we don't go right to the core of it. And this this book helps you do that. So sometimes it's too hard to go dive right into the middle and do it but it's about laying each time you do it on a particular person you get you're getting further and further and further and further until it just goes excellent so listeners we're out of time on our interview with the glorious sandra Meehan this morning that link to the 12 secrets of forgiveness is up in the chat box and it will also be up on the radio tony website later today um sandra thank you so much for taking your time to come and talk to us on radio tony today i know that um it's been wonderful help to lots of our listeners and again i just encourage you to jump on to sandra's website um, which is in the chats box it's called thepowerfullyyou.com and you'll also see a link to her 12 secrets of forgiveness uh, Sandra thank you so much for coming on the show today uh, please stay safe out there and I look forward to talking to you again soon thank you Tony and if they have trouble with the download jump over to our Facebook page of the same name yes Facebook page is, is uh, The Powerfully You uh, on Facebook or the website The Powerfully You uh, in the chat box and it'll be up on Radio Tony later today. So thank you so much, Sandra. Over to you, Rebel, for a quick break where I have a fun song which is parroting the current climate across the world. Over to you, Rebel. Radio Tony with Tony Lontis author of Resilience, memoir of a broken little girl discovering a woman of strength and beauty. Available now on Amazon.com and in all good bookstores. Is this the real life? Is this just fantasy? Caught in a landslide We're all in quarantine I open my eyes, I see the news and cry. I'm just a poor girl, I need no sympathy. But when the sneezes come, please just blow into your right elbow. All the way your nose blows must now really Mama's over 65 We've got to keep her fed If she goes outside, she's dead So Mama, 
Inside and the whole world is shut down. Door dash, door dash, I don't have any groceries. Thunderbolts and lightning, very, very frightening me. Coronavirus, coronavirus, on the loose. All of the stores have run out of toilet paper. All of the stores have run out of toilet paper. Need a drink from the bar? Will you let me go? Quarantine, no. We will not let you go. Let it go. Quarantine, we will not let you go. Let it go. Quarantine, we will not let you go. Never go. We will not let you go. Do not go. We will let you never let me go. No, 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 no. Oh, mama mia, mama mia. Mama mia, let me go. The CDC has a mandate in place for me.
Resilience, memoir of a broken little girl, discovering a woman of strength and beauty, is the new book from Australian author Tony Lontis. Available in paper, ebook, and audio formats, Resilience is a true life story of Tony experiencing and surviving trauma, abuse, mental health issues, and the ultimate betrayal of someone she fell in love with. Available for download now through all good online retailers and in all good bookstores. Tough Conversations on the Social and Moral Issues of Our Time with Tony Lontis. Live from the Gold Coast, Australia, Radio Tony on W4WN. Welcome back, everyone. You're listening to Tony Lontis live on Radio Tony today. And our next glorious guest on Radio Tony is the beautiful Tracy Horton and she's a seasoned public speaker, author and qualified life coach and she's spent over 25 years working alongside men and women, helping them rebuild their lives and allowing people to become the best versions of themselves. Uh, Tracy has spent many, many years helping people create their own authentic journeys Um, and I'd love to welcome to the show, show sponsor, Tracy Horton. Good morning. Good morning, beautiful. How are you? I'm good. How are you doing? You know, I'm up and down a bit, actually, Tony. This new life as we know it is taking me by surprise in some ways and giving me some great opportunities in the other. Yeah, I I have to agree with you. This week has been um, very much up and down, feeling very positive and happy and considering what a wonderful new world it will be outside the virus. And then the other side of me going, gosh, this self-isolation is okay in the short term, but what if it goes longer and what will that mean for business and Look at all the people losing their jobs. So I agree with you, Tracy. Very much up and down. And I'm guessing that's probably a pretty normal experience for most people out there. I definitely think so because, you know, we've been on the treadmill for 20 years now. You know, we hit the 2000s and we've just been escalating so fast. I think stopping and slowing down and being mindful is something people are actually going to have to learn for the first time. Yes, we've had uh, conversations along those lines with our first guest this morning that the opportunity is there for us to start doing work on ourselves, being forced to look at our lives, being forced to look at ourselves and our unique personalities and see what we can improve so that outside of this quarantined time, we might be a better world. We might be better people in that world. Um, so how is your family coping with this, Tracy? I know you've got some important birthdays coming up and and I know that you're not going to be able to, like, gather in your normal, big, family, beautiful way. No, well, you know, as you know, Tony, here in Australia, the government has just decreed that no more than 10 people can be at any gathering and there's 19 of us in our family. Yeah. So that instantly makes us sort of be aware that, all of a sudden we're bigger than the average. But <clears throat> my daughter turned 28 yesterday and it was very interesting that we couldn't go out and celebrate. I couldn't take her out to lunch. We couldn't go out for dinner. And it just, I guess it really hit home for us and it made us re- actually talk and rethink how we're going to do it. So we've decided as a family um, to have breakfast or, or lunch 
or dinner via via Skype and Zoom sort of once uh-huh. a week because, you know, there's a lot of us and, as you, as you know, we're not really allowed, allowed to gather. I mean, in Australia especially, the government's being really unsure about all this stuff, so it's really hard to know. Yeah, we're you know, getting... Whether, mixed messages aren't we Tracy like the the health medical staff are saying one thing and our prime minister is saying something that doesn't quite align with what they're saying so people absolutely yeah mixed messages I think any country that's not already in lockdown Tony is actually being irresponsible this is this is growing the graph is showing it it's, we all know it's serious. Every single human being on the planet right now knows that it is serious. So yeah. I, I think the fact that anybody is saying, any country in the world that's saying do not, has not locked down, just do not be around people and stuff, they're putting a lot of onus on people that are already scared and the natural progression of being scared is to gather. Yes. So yes. you have you have to bring the guidelines in for them, because as you know, Tony, when you're going through a hard time, or I'm going through a hard time, we just yes. want to have lunch with the girls. That's how we. That's how we do life. That's exactly right. <laughs> so, so when people are scared and unsure, they want to visit Nana in the nursing home. They want to have their their kids over for dinner. So just make make the rule for us. Help us out with this because we're not going to do it on our own successfully because it's not how we're wired. I know. I I feel quite um, concerned for the US with a president who says, oh, we're going to be open for business at Easter and looking at that and the message that it's sending to the American people and then quantifying that by looking at their graph and trajectory of what the virus might look like. I'm, I'm kind of glad that most countries are locking down. I'm glad that Australia is locking down. I would be concerned if I was an American. What do you think, Trace? I think I think Donald Trump loves to actually say what most people wish he wouldn't. <laughs> and I think and I think he loves to be on that edge of just being a little a little out there. But I also think that him and his cabinet are holding some wisdom around this. And I think that while that might be his goal, because you know America has something very unique going on right now. They are actually one of the financial powerhouses still in our world. So they are guarding, they would have to be guarding that very, very carefully. You know, if New New Zealand has some financial troubles, it's not going to upset too much. But if America, England, you know, we've got a couple of powerhouses here, if they do, then that just opens a whole other conversation. Yeah, it does. but I do believe because it is spiking, there's no way he's going to uh, he's going to release New York by Easter if it continues on the trend it is. So I think he will backpedal. I think he will keep looking at it. I understand what he's saying. Of course, everybody yes. should be back to normal and trading. Nobody wants to go, you know, have the financial crisis that could come from this. But I think he will be. I think he'll be wise. He loves his country. Yeah, yeah. Love him or love him or hate him, he loves America. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's right. So Dala wants to know, does that mean for families as well in respect to how we were talking about your family not being able to gather for birthdays? Dala, yes, that means families as well. Uh, Vivian wants to know, can't you gather in a, in a family time? No, uh, we can't really, can we, Tracy? N- not really. And 
The challenges, like for us, one of my daughters and her husband are nurses, so they're on the front end. You know, they're they're both in retirement homes working. You know, they are gowned up now, like it is it is like the plague. They are fully gowned up. There's no more physical contact. There's no more. You know, they're spending more time doing other things, and they're and they're dropping like flies. The people in their retirement homes are going to the hospital in ways that are not being actually reported. So. You know, for That's us, we have my concern, Tracy, too, that I yeah. I would think that there is a lot not being reported, and that's equally concerning. Being from the health background that I am, uh, and your kids would know too that things are not being reported as quite as accurately as perhaps they should be. Yeah, and I think you know, my daughter goes to work, and she has a. 20 month old child at home so she comes home she walks in through the laundry takes off every single thing she's got on she's got on puts it straight into the lawn straight into the wash covers covers herself in a towel goes and washes herself with a hospital grade sponge before she can even greet her daughter so as a family because there's 19 of us so you know that's a big that's a big number if one or two of us got it we're infecting a lot of people so we made the decision to pull back on that to honor them because their life is quite different to ours right now with all of that you know they both work at different centers so sometimes her and Gary can't can't even speak until they've both showered like it's quite something yeah and by doing that they're hoping to protect themselves and their little family and uh it would be incredibly hard to be in the nursing or medical fields at the time at this time because they're dealing not only with something that's unprecedented but then they have all these other measures to keep themselves and their family safe because if they get sick that's one less person caring for the multitudes of already sick people um pepper says has anyone ever thought that the world governments don't need people to gather and be together yes i think pepper that they're right onto that at the moment bronson says our president can say that we are back open but who would be able to come if other countries say that their people can't think about what is actually being said when they say things yes agreed (laughs) good on you bronson great point (laughs) (laughs) so trace i I've been trying to keep a positive theme through the program today and I know that we talked earlier in the week and we wanted to discuss the way that we talk to ourselves and being that we are locked up effectively and working from home, being from home, not out and about, not rushing around, we have time to do some of this self-work, soul work, heart work, whatever you like to call about it. But Tracy and I thought that we would talk about this concept of self-talk. So Tracy, what do you want the listeners to know about self-talk today? You know, Tony, I think one of the most important things we need to start with is people actually need to sit down and have the conversation with themselves. This is here. Life has changed and allow themselves to feel into that and say, okay, how does that look for me? Because life is not going to be the same for the next three to six months. Agreed. We are go- Most of the world is in lockdown. And like Bronson said, when that begins to lift, there is going to be a another portion of time before it even looks closely resembles last November. 
So I think the most important thing, and I think it really helped me from vacillating because, you know, Tony, you listen to one set of news, then you go on Facebook and all the A-type personalities are pushing business at you because they're not not going down. They're not going down without a fight. (coughs) Excuse me. And all of a sudden I realised... I just sat down with a cup of coffee and I said, you know, my life is about to change. It's about to look like this. I'm about to Skype my grandchildren for breakfast. You know, how does this look for me? And once I actually accepted it, I felt a real weight lift off me. Yeah. And it enabled me to start thinking logically about, okay, well, if it does look like that, what do I want to do with it? Yes, yes. I actually started this week too. I've got um, a whole heap of big white um, poster paper spread over my dining room table and I'm just writing things as I think of them about what my life like might look like because as you know Tracy um I I will be in self-isolation for the long haul because I'm one of those high-risk people that I just can't go outside until it's safe to do so so that has a huge impact on the way that I go forward and the way that I do things. And the same with you, Trace, because your uh, work and business is around people-to-people. So how do you continue with people-to-people work when you can't meet face-to-face? Actually, Tony, I've decided I'm only going to be working two days a week for the, for the next yeah. six months. Yeah. And and it's going to all be online, obviously. But I think one of the things that people need to understand is you're not going to be working five days. You're not. Yeah. Unless you are a doctor or you work at Coles or you provide alcohol here in Australia. <laughs> <laughs> that, that ain't slowing down, people. <laughs> you know, if you have a job, you know, still, like I, I'm grateful, Tony, because it's breaking my heart to watch these people lining up at, at our, you know, at our government places looking yeah. for money but I'm you have to adjust yourself you're really only going to be working maybe two days a week because a people have their children at home people have their partners at home they're going to be distracted they're not going to want to work with you five mornings a week stop your nonsense and just accept that you're going to be working two days a week that's I think a really good point, actually, Trace. That's really <laughs> that I'm going to put that on my my poster board. Yep, two days a week. That actually sounds much better than trying to, as you say. There's we're being bombarded with business stuff across all social media, and I'm like, hey guys, I don't think this is going to work like that. No, it's not. And I think the other thing is. There's a beautiful opportunity here for some of us to knock some stuff off our bucket list. Yeah. You know, you know, Tony, I'm sure most people listening to this will identify with the next statement I make. Life gets busy before you know it. Yes. And all of a sudden it has abruptly brought me to a standstill yep. and it's made me think, what is there that I've always been saying I wanted to do? So I'm actually taking a photography course online. <gasps> And, you know, for, for six months, the photos might just be of the cat, but eventually they're going to be of the whole world. 
I've been telling myself I'd do a photography course for three years. Well, you know what? I'm doing it. And I think that's great mental health for people if they can actually say, you know what? I wanted to I wanted to become an Italian cook. You know what? I wanted to do, I wanted to get fit. I wanted to drop 10 kilos. You know what? I want to do this. I think if people take something off the bucket list and achieve it, that is so good for your psyche. It's so good for your mental health. And I think one day a week, you should just give yourself to, to doing that, to, to perfecting or learning or crafting something you've always wanted to do yeah i it's just causing me to think i've always been interested in the languages of french and italian so maybe it's that time to start doing some of that different self-education because as you know tracy i've been focused on learning all the business stuff like in the last 18 months it's just been business 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 stuff and that's a great uh, aha moment for me this morning to hear you say that and it's almost like you're giving it's almost like you're giving people permission to do those things that they may have postponed to do those things that they may have always wanted to do this is the time to do it and you should be able to do lots of those things online or virtually. Absolutely. And most of them are going to be free or cheaper than, than normal because <clears throat> most people understand that everybody is income is way reduced. So you'd be shocked at yes. what you'll be able to learn online for free. Yes. Um, and then just the contact, you know, being in a classroom setting, it's all going to, it's going to keep people feeling like, you know, the world is still out there. You know, for my husband and I, we're empty nesters, so it's going to be a fairly quiet time for us when we go into <laughs> lockdown. We're not going to have our autistic grandson running in the door every afternoon or, you know, my my high-achieving granddaughter asking me to help her with, with her homework. We're going to just really be us. And so we've made a decision that, you know, we're going to do some of the stuff that we've been telling ourselves we'd always do. That sounds really awesome to me. I have to say, Tracy, as a grandparent, I've only got one grandbaby, but gosh, I miss his hugs. Mm, you would. You would. I know. I just, the last thing he said to me before um, he, he went home with mummy was, Nana, can you please jump in the car beside me? Can you please come home with me tonight? And, oh, I really miss mm. him. Lucky we have FaceTime and lucky he is almost four and quite good with, uh, uh, technology, so I still get to see him. But yes, the I'm missing the hugs. Yeah, um, Yvette sure. wants to know. Uh, I would love to have time to do something different, but I am an essential personnel, so my life has not changed in all of this. Yeah, and that's the thing too, isn't it, Tracy? They're like your children who are in, uh, who are nurses and frontline personnel. Their lives are not able to be changed. So um, they will still have to keep going and, and, and keep on keeping on whilst the rest of us have the opportunity to do some of this self-work. Um, I was thinking about the frontline workers the other day and hoping that there would be the ability for them to have some time off too, but I'm not sure what that looks like. No, and first of all, Yvette, thank you. Whatever whatever it is you're doing, thank you. Because, yeah. you know, all the frontline workers are, are still being exposed. They don't have the privilege. And I say that word and I want people to understand, 
it's a privilege. I chose to self-isolate because yeah. I have nine grandchildren I want to protect and I have a huge travel schedule booked in for 2021 and I want to be able to do it. So I've made a choice to self-isolate. But that's a privilege for me because a vet does not get that privilege. And I think for those of us that get to stay at home, if we could just have some gratitude around that, you know, and understand that there's a lot of people still working so that we can choose to stay at home. Um, and we can choose to be clean and healthy and protected, then I think it just it really helps us to understand that we're actually we're actually more we're more blessed than we realize. It's not it's not the, the government's not forcing Tracy Horton to do anything. Tracy Horton's being wise. And I think when you can flip that, when you can flip that, it's really important. And I noticed Yvette just said they're even cutting back on workers. And Yvette, my heart goes out to you at this time that not only are you frontline, not only can you not stay home, but now you're under the duality stress of having yes. to do more. My goodness, darling, you are a hero and I hope you I hope you appreciate what we feel for you. I hope you can understand that we are so extremely grateful for you and every other frontline worker. I have to agree, Tracy. I actually feel um, really privileged to be able to self-isolate at home and keep doing some of the things that I'd like to do. And um, as you know, I'm an introvert, so quiet time at home just fills me with love and joy. Um, but I, I worry about those people that uh, don't like quiet time alone, that, that that uh, do have to continue to go to work and I worry that they are being looked after in terms of their, their mental health as well as their physical health. Well, I guess what we're going to see, Tony, is a lot a lot of what we saw after 9-11, where when this is actually over and these beautiful people, these heroes can pause, we're going to have some PTSD and some mental yes. health issues. And and I, I can only pray and ask every government in the world to already be thinking about that and how to help them and support them in it. Because they definitely will need support after watching and dealing with some of the things that they're going to have to deal with. That's tough tough for people to deal with in amongst all the other it would be tough if it was as in 9-11 that's tough but we have this massive uh, financial health crisis that is impacting on the way that they work but it will impact on them in the long term as well even when we start to get back to to life which we will people will get back to normal life it's just going to take a while isn't it Absolutely, absolutely. It, it has to go back to normal. There, you know, if history tells us anything, it tells us that there's no strain ever created that could kill all of us. That's right. You know, it has its time frame, it has its breakdowns, it has its end. It is a finite thing. It's a scary thing and it's a big thing, but it's finite. And we are not, as humans, we are infinite. We are not finite. So the power all belongs to us. And when we can hold that in our mindsets, we can totally understand that, yes, Life looks different to me to how it looked this time last year, and not all of it is comfortable. I can honestly say, Tony, yeah. I'm an extrovert, so this is difficult yeah. for me. Yeah. Um, but it's finite. It has an end date. I don't know it, 
in my heart and so I have to I just keep giving myself dates because I'm a bit wired that way so I just tell myself that I will review this at the end of April so for me I'm getting through to the end of April 31st of April I'm getting to there and then I'm looking again at the next section because that's what I need I'm not good with just a scary no date no time plan I'm not wired that way yeah yeah that comes back to that self-talk so that strategy that you've just described for our listeners is self-talk in giving yourself the permission to look to a certain date and then review it yes for sure because that's what works for me that's what comforts me um because i think to myself okay well i've only got i've only got five weeks so i'll i'll knock out that five weeks and then when i get there okay i'm gonna have to take another five weeks okay so how does that look you know and and that brings security to me and i think for people they need to work that out for themselves what brings that what brings that stability because our minds are the most powerful tool we have, but they're wired to protect us. So right now, our subconscious and our psyche is saying, hide, protect, get under the blankets, build a fort, store up all the food, don't talk to anybody because you might die. That's what our subconscious is saying. But what we have to do is meditate it out of fear because we cannot manifest anything in fear back to that position of love where the universe has completely got us. This thing that's come to us is a challenge with a big capital C, but it's a finite challenge. We've got it and we can do this and we do not need to fear it. We can all live at a higher frequency. Yeah. Yeah, I um, had some questions on this show yesterday about panic and anxiety and one of the key things and I know one of the things that has worked most powerfully for me is when those anxiety or panicked feelings arrive is to immediately take the biggest, deepest breath I can because physiologically in your body that conscious breath will take your brain out of that fear mode and I know it sounds simple and I know that it's harder for a lot of people to do than uh, it sounds like it I'll just breathe but it is a conscious deep breathing will take you immediately out of that panic mode and allow you time to start thinking more rationally. Because again, as Tracy said, your body is reacting in the normal way it's meant to. It's trying to protect you. And that's how we're wired, which is a wonderful, wonderful thing. But we don't need to stay in that uh, vibration. We don't need to stay in that place. We need to take ourselves out of that place. And so whatever that looks like for you, you need to do that and do it now absolutely couldn't agree more tony yeah yeah the other thing that um is helping a lot of people is the thought around daily affirmations so what does that look like for you tracy in your life i'm an extrovert tony and i'm a very strong-willed person as you know because you know me personally and I'm a fun person, you know, my nature's that real sanguine sort of upbeat sort of person. So for me, what works is is music. Um, I start the day with music and then I 
and then from there I can drop into that deep soulish gratefulness. Yeah. Um, my husband and I have had gratefulness journeys journals for, for years. We've understood that principle. We both meditate strongly. But what we do at the moment is I start the day with music and then I send out to everyone in my family what I'm grateful for and I talk to them and I book in a time to chat. Yes. So I, it goes out to my girls, they read it out to the grandkids and for, and then I send it out to my clients and, and stuff like that. So for me, the affirmations that I talk about, because here's the thing, we're hearing a lot of talk about how people can die which is a which is the most scariest point for a human because we are all going to die. Yep. There's going to come a day when every one of us will be buried. So when we talk about that, it's extremely, extremely scary for most people. So my affirmation is always about at the moment, it's about how I live today. Yeah. So you know one of the affirmations that I say is today I've got 24 hours without stress or worry and I actually own these 24 hours like I never have before yeah. <clears throat> so you know it's all around it's all around that and you know that I'm grateful to be living in this time and I'm grateful for what I'm learning from this you know we've got Paul's parents are in their 80s my parents-in-law you know they're not struggling with this Tony because they were raised to not rush around they were raised to not go out for dinner four nights a week they're not struggling like the millennials that are my children are no yes. way no how so I've been doing a lot of talking with the kids about watching Nana and Granddad and how this all looks and what we can all learn from each other yeah. um, but my affirmations are all around you know being grateful for this hour this moment and you know what the universe is speaking because I believe this with all my heart Tony with Pete with that most of the world locked down, there is going to be some incredible books coming out. There's going to be some incredible plays coming out. There's going to be some inventions coming out. Yep. We are going. To, we are just going to. I, I actually think we're going to end up with a bunch of stuff coming out of this time from people that have paused and realised inside of them is the secret or the key to something. And I think we're going to heal the planet really well. Yes, I have to say um, that. Uh, reading about how Mother Earth is responding to uh, people not jumping on trains, planes and driving their cars is a very beautiful thing. Um, I, and I don't know if it's just that I'm so mindful of the nature around me at the moment, but it just seems so much more refreshed. The air seems cleaner. The sky seems bluer. The birds seem louder. Um, and I'm again, I'm not sure if that's just because I'm simply being very mindful at the moment and grateful and gracious, or if Mother Earth is going yippee doodah day. Do you know what it is, Tony? We're finally clear. Yes. I, I've realized. I've realized how much. We we just are busy even in the higher realms. Do you know, we have kookaburras in Australia, and I'm not sure many Americans really know what that is, but they laugh. They laugh really. Do you know how often I'm hearing them laugh through the day now? They are laughing all day long. Yes. A month, a month, two months ago, I would have told you we didn't have a kookaburra in our suburb. And I'm in the middle of the city. I'm not on acreage like you. Yeah, and yeah. I tell you, they are in the trees. 
They are in the trees. I posted on Facebook a couple of days ago and I said, I'm taking a leaf out of the book of the animals. Not one of them is worried about this moment. No, no, they seem to. I, Shane and I, you know that we have beautiful goats and um, they're generally playful. But seriously, our goats are just frolicking in the paddock they are doing all sorts of funny jumps and tricks and jumping in the air and they have us laughing all the time we've been spending time sitting on the back veranda just watching the antics of these darn goats and how funny they are and the fact that they are doing beautiful things so our goat called uh, Cuddles the other day was snuggled up next intertwined with the llama and it was just so beautiful so I think that there is something beautiful happening in the universe aside from all the the stuff that's the the bad stuff that's happening there's some really beautiful energy um, and and vibration happening as well isn't there Oh, absolutely, absolutely. The universe is fresh. It's, and and I I'm excited because I think as as we stay in the state, you know, because we're not here for three days. We're probably here for three to three weeks to maybe eight weeks. I'm not really sure. That's what our government's talking about. Personally, I think we're in for three months. I um, <clears throat> but I as we as we stay in the state in a longer period of time, I think we're gonna I think we're gonna realize that the universe has actually got a lot to give us and a lot to offer. And I think and I think that's where all this creativity and all these incredible people that, that live amongst us are going to start to think, hey, 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 I've got it, I've got it, yeah. uh, you know, because it's just clearing day by day. Tracy, Tom has a question. What are these affirmations people keep speaking of these days? Great question, Tom, and I'm sorry we've, I've been uh, talking and I haven't gotten around to answering it, but I'm going to let Tracy answer that. What is an affirmation? So, Tom, what's an affirmation is when you speak something practically or sensibly or affirmative and you speak it into yourself because, like I said before, your subconscious, which is wired to your brain, its whole purpose is to be your best friend and to protect you. So it has this negative tinge to it because it has taken into itself everything that's ever happened to you and compiled a dossier of how to protect you. So what affirmations do is just remind it of the good stuff and remind it. So here's an affirmation. Today will be the best day. Today will be the best day. Tomorrow will be the better day. It can be anything, and you can say it however you like. And, of course, we know the gurus out there that are made their businesses out of affirmations, and we sort of – my husband's a man of few words, so his affirmation is, is four words. I will do everything. <laughs> <laughs> But what that means to him, because he is a very quiet man, a few words, what that means to him is that whatever is entitled to be in his life, he will have and receive and he will get it. And I love it. And all he does is say it twice in the morning and twice at night. So affirmations are designed, Tom, for us when we're feeling low. So the good practice is to start the day with them because you'll feel a bit upbeat and you'll feel quite positive about them. But through the day, you can you can make them and say them and be whatever you like. One of the affirmations I'm saying at the moment 
is that I have a deep enough relationship with all of my grandchildren that it can only grow through this time because I'm highly connected to them. And the idea of not touching them for three to six to eight to nine weeks yeah. is something I just don't know how to cope with. I agree. I, hope, I that agree. hope that answered your question, Tom. Tom, I thought I'd just share um, one of my um, manifest uh, affirmations is um, I manifest greatness. I reclaim my right to live a life of bliss. I step into my greatness. I am a magnificent being, intelligent, bright and expansive. I serve the higher good and align my actions with love and creation. I choose my destiny. So essentially, they're words that you speak out loud that have the power to change your life, don't they, Trace? They do. And one of the easiest ways to learn about them is to just Google affirmations because yes. there's a whole lot of recordings from 10 minutes to an hour. And once you listen to them, I have one that I play sometimes overnight if I'm particularly yes. struggling to sleep, if there's something going on in my psyche and I just can't let it go. And it's all about I am. I am created for the best purpose. I am a magnet for money. I am somebody that people love to be around. I am. And it just says those I ams all night for me. Um, so just have a look at some of those if you don't know how to start your own, Tom, and, and just feel just feel into it. But really, like Tony said, it's just that real positively strong affirmation that you know who you are and this is what belongs in your life. And, and they really do have a positive impact. Um, I started with affirmations, gosh, 12 years ago. And one of my first affirmations was to stand in front of the mirror and say, I love you. And that's all I did. I love you. I love you. I love you. And in its simplest form, that just allows your subconscious to start tapping into the better part of you and it takes your brain out of negativity and scarcity and fear and puts it in a positive place in my simplest understanding of how affirmations work. Um, Tracy, so you have a practice whereby you say affirmations out loud every single day yeah, I do, because, again, I'm an extrovert, so any opportunity to talk. <laughs> <laughs> I love listening to her voice, by the way. The, 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 the tiny bit of accent that you can hear in Tracy's gorgeous voice is a uh, New Zealand uh, accent, and um, I love listening to Tracy's voice, so I love having her on the show with me. But, yeah, so you say them out loud? I, I do, and one of the reasons I do that is because I learnt a long time ago that my subconscious doesn't understand time or the difference between truth and reality. Sorry, falseness and reality. So by saying it out loud, I'm rewiring that for for my subconscious to be able to behave and, and lead me well. See, I was, as you know, Tony, I was severely abused as a child. And so by the time I was nine or ten, I was really broken. I'd already been sexually abused by several different people. By the time I was 18, I was a mess. And one of the first things I learned at a class that I went to was that everybody was made for a purpose, and I'd never thought about that. Yeah. So for two years, 
the first words out of my mouth every morning was, I am created for a plan and a purpose. And it's incredible what that one sentence did over those two years and the way that it reframed what I believed about myself, that I'd just randomly been given to two parents that couldn't have coped with kids if they'd had to, and the fallout was that my life was on a trajectory. I changed the trajectory understanding that affirmation. Yeah, yeah. It just, it does something to your subconscious which allows your brain to create your reality, doesn't it? It does. Yep, it does. It's a very powerful practice. Again, if we had the people across the planet meditating, taking mindful moments and saying affirmations, the world would be a different place in the time that we're locked down from this virus. I absolutely believe it. Absolutely. One of my top affirmations at the moment is, thank you to the universe who is not shaken nor stirred by this and still holds my utmost best in its hands. I say that every day. I say that every day. Yeah, because the universe has a plan and, and a lot of people that I'm talking to at the moment absolutely believe that this is a universal plan to wake us all up and get us um, to a better place in the history of humanity, to light us up and connect us with a higher level of consciousness. And from my perspective, what a glorious world we could come at um, on the other side. It will be fantastic. It will be absolutely fantastic. Wouldn't it be beautiful to see no more wars, to see children no longer hurt, to see all the beautiful things that our world has the potential to be and and humanity has the potential to create, wouldn't it be beautiful to see that happen on the other side of this uh, period in, in, in our history? Oh, for sure. And for people to again pause and realise their value and their worth outside of the dollar. You know, we've got this caste system all over the world now, you know, where the rich and the poor and there's a big divide. I think that's going to really get levelled now and I think that's a really good thing. Wouldn't that be just awesome if by virtue of a little virus the world was completely turned upside down and we were more loving, more kind and more gracious and I just, that excites me, Trace, does it? it? It must excite you as well. It does. It really does excite me. And I, I'm really excited about it. And I try I try not to get too excited because people start to think I'm a bit crazy because <laughs> <clears throat> my husband's a builder and has been on the tools all his life. So he's he's not coping sitting at home, I can <gasps> tell you. So um, are there any chores at home that he needs to fix? Any? <laughs> renovations you need to do (laughs) oh tony give me a minute i'll find something (laughs) there's got to be something hold this space i'll tell you in a couple of weeks what we did (laughs) (laughs) oh poor hubby poor Mm. hubby do you think though that um builders will be able to do some of that stuff at some stage possibly um yeah Paul has chosen, you know, to to stop work and to be at yeah. home with me out of respect of our family. Yes, yes. Um, 
but also because I, you know, I said to him I couldn't live 20 minutes without you, so I need yeah. to protect you. I, you know, I plan yeah. on having you here till you're 98, so come on come home so so you know I'm, I'm self-isolating now and he's he's joining me next week but the couple of jobs he's doing are very isolated and very you know he's only with one other guy which is, so which is sensible though yeah like yeah you know um and and life does actually have to keep going it we does you have to keep teaching our kids we do have to keep buying groceries we do have to go to the chemist although um, I'm probably like Tracy. I actually don't have to because my husband uh, works for a multinational com- company, and their people have been told to work from home indefinitely. Right. Um, and what he does is uh, he's a computer programmer, and so he can work from home. So he's the one that's going out. But I must say, he even when he goes out, he's consciously aware that he may bring something home to me so he's being particularly careful and we our great excitement this week was that we finally got a Woolworths groceries delivery after many many weeks of not being able to do so so that's our big excitement (laughs) mine was that I actually found toilet paper somewhere (laughs) (laughs) I'm a little late to the game about this hoarding I was determined not to do it, and then we ran out of toilet paper, and I thought, okay, Tracy, get rid of your pride, and you better go find some. So (laughs) my husband, I started searching where it was, and he found some on his way home, so that was good. Yeah, the the whole toilet paper debacle, we can laugh about it and I'm sure we'll laugh about it in future, but it has had an impact on, on lots of people who just can't get out and for the elderly and and all sorts of things because people have been selfish and if the one thing that comes out of this is that people are less selfish and think about other people more often again what a wonderful world it would be what a great lesson we were given yes yes absolutely so Tracy, before we run out of time and we're already down to our last three minutes, which I can't quite believe this show has gone rippling fast this morning. <laughs> can people contact you if they want to? Can I put your website up um, for people to just touch base with you if they need to? Absolutely. Yes, put my website up. If anybody <clears throat> if anybody wants to contact me through my website, I am going to offer a couple of things over the next few weeks. One of them is I'm going to do a a book. I'm <gasps> going to do a book writing course for people. And I'm going to I'm going to offer these for free, Tony, because yes. I'm a huge believer in karmic good. I'm a huge believer in blessings. Um, and so right now, I'm in a position where I don't have to draw down a huge wage. And so I'm going to offer some some of my teachings for free over the next three months um, because I know people out there can benefit from them and I have no doubt that they will continue on. So one of the things I'm going to do is it'll all be up mid next week. My PA is working on that behind the scenes now. So I'm going to have a, um, a six-week course on on just how, and you chime, all of these will be online that you'll be able to see me, you'll be able to see the other people in the group. But one is we're going to write a book. How can yes. we get in on the book writing one, Missy? If you just look yes. at my web, website, um, just keep following it. 
Um, pretty much it'll be up by, by the time I talk to Tony next week and I'll give you the full details on it. And pretty much I'll help you write I'll help you write a book in six weeks. You'll have it ready to go to the printers. Fantastic. And are you going to tell people the process for doing that as well? Absolutely. I'll give away everything. Yay. I'll give away everything, yeah. Tony. I'll give away everything because here's, here's the thing. And if anyone's listening and they're thinking at this time of quickly going to any sort of life coach or anything at this time, do not work for anyone who can't give away free content because they don't have enough. Yeah. And I, you know, I'm I've been around a while, Tony. I'm not a young girl, and I've got plenty of, she is. of <laughs> she is. I've got plenty of free content, and and I'm just going to throw it at the universe because I I want to help people. I just do. That is so awesome. I'm so excited. Lots of people on the show are very keen on writing books or knowing about publishing. So I'm excited that we can do that, Tracy. So before we run out of time and Rebel tells me to get off the radio, <laughs> thank you so much for coming live on the show today. Listeners, it's tracyhorton.com and she will have those free courses up next week. Um, will even the busy people be able to write a book in six weeks? And I'm pretty sure Tracy will point you in the right direction and I'm pretty sure you'll be able to do that absolutely and I promise you I don't promise anything I can't deliver you'll yeah. be able to do it my darling absolutely Tracy um, the, that course that Tracy's offering for free about book writing will be on tracyhorton.com and I have to go my lovely listeners thank you so much Tracy I'll be talking to you again next week same time same place uh, will we have to be on camera Mari I doubt you'll have to be on camera at all but Tracy most definitely will be yes I will be and you can be if you want to but not in the class but we can do one on one if you want to if you get stuck with your book that's fantastic. And Mari, you would love to connect with Tracy. She is truly one of the most beautiful humans on the planet. And on that note, we have to go before we're yes, kicked off live we radio. <laughs> Thank you, everyone, for listening to Radio Tony this week. I'll join you again next week. Thank you, Tracy, for coming on the show. And bye for now, everyone. Bye, everybody. Rebel. Radio Tony, your safe space for tough conversations. Exposing secrets and talking about trauma and recovery. Radio Tony, a platform for the unheard. Radio Tony. With Tony Lontis, author of Resilience, memoir of a broken little girl discovering a woman of strength and beauty. Radio Radio Tony. Available now on Amazon.com and in all good bookstores. Radio Tony. Back next Thursday from 7pm Eastern Standard Time, live from the Gold Coast, Australia. My